Chargers offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi spoke with the media this week after OTAs and opened up a little bit about what to expect from Justin Herbert and the offense going into his second season. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome to the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now, but we're headed into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. Be careful, guys, not to miss the mega crossover event from all the biggest Chargers podcasts like The Director, Chargers Unleashed, Charger Chatbot, and Guilty as Charged. We just recorded that earlier. That was a lot of fun. We'll be posting it to all of our social media, so make sure you're following us at LockedOnLAC on Twitter and finding us on all of our social media. But, David, today we're here to talk about Joe Lombardi, the Chargers offensive coordinator, spoke with the media after OTAs and talked about Justin Herbert, what he thinks about his second season in his own offense, right, and how he's going to progress and pick up from where he left off last year and what he expects from the Chargers offense as far as how they're going to be helped by going into the second year of his scheme. We'll also talk about what he said about the offensive line situation, specifically at right tackle between Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton. He said it's going to be much better than the play they got there in 2021. And then we'll also talk about his thoughts on a couple of the Chargers rookies and newcomers. He did talk about Gerald Everett, but also Isaiah and Zion Johnson, but it starts, as always, David, with the prodigal son, the golden boy, Justin Herbert. He talked about Justin Herbert, specifically where he is going into this season, right, in his third year, but obviously the second year in Joe Lombardi's offense, and as you've talked about many times, right, getting continuity there for the first time since high school, but when he was talking about his bandwidth going into his second season, he said, first and foremost, it's just familiarity with all the play calls. Last year at this time, it was just hearing the play, repeating it in the huddle, and understanding what the play is. That was a lot of calories burnt last year. This year, he has that part down. He can focus on what the defense is doing a little bit more, get his timing down with the receivers and all of that. It's everything. So we actually talked about this a little bit on the mega crossover event, David. I'm just what this means for Justin Herbert going into the second year of this offense and how it could help the Chargers offense. And I mean, like here, Joe Lombardi saying like, hey, now he just knows the stuff. And we've heard Justin yeah. Herbert talk about before, like, there were so many times I was just worried about getting the play call outright, and I wasn't even thinking about anything else that was going on. Now he doesn't have to do that as much. He gets to pick up where he left off, and also his timing with the receivers, how he's clicking inside this offense is going to be much smoother, at least early on, than it maybe was last year. Well, there's just so much less on his plate now. He's not having to absorb a completely new offense that he has never had anything to do with before. Now he knows the offense. So now they can really just go about fine tuning things and and really setting protections and working on, you know, the the different parts of playing offensive football, you know, getting the chemistry down with your receivers, you know, the, the communication down. All of that stuff can now take precedence over having to absorb a an, an, a crazy amount of information to learn a completely you know new set of plays. And so now he goes into it. He can really say, hey, I like that from last season. That really worked. And then, oh, you know, I don't like that anymore. That play didn't really work out. They can really fine tune things and really just make this offense even better. Absolutely. I mean, we know that he's a diamond, right? It's just how yes. polished 
is that diamond. It should be a little bit more polished. But I almost forgot to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by the best in diamonds, and that is BlueNile.com. You guys can make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Chargers listeners. Get $50 off of purchases of $500 or more with the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout. Well, Justin Herbert, he's so smart, right? And that's another thing that Joe Lombardi talked about. Just what he learned about Justin Herbert was just how much of a perfectionist he is and how much he's willing to grind, right? Because that's what he had to do last year. And I think that's what they got to see, right? Is him being willing to put in the work. And that's going to buy you a lot of leniency with your coaches. That's going to buy you a lot of leeway. And I think that this year, now that he isn't trying to focus all of that brain power on just trying to learn the offense, now he can focus that brain power on trying to break down defenses. And I think that's the biggest thing for him going into his second season in Joe Lombardi's offense. But when he was talking about the continuity of the offense in general, not just Justin Herbert, he said, I think it's important. Obviously, if you have continuity with the right people, that helps. I think we have the right people here. So it's more just time on task, throwing certain routes to certain individuals. You get more comfort. You're able to read their body language better. The receivers understand what Justin is expecting. It takes time. The more time you have on it, the better it works out. And he also said he got to see maybe players they were underutilizing last year, right? Because that's the other thing about Joe Lombardi's offense, David. He now has a full season to see what works, to see what they didn't use enough, right? To see who they should have been playing more. He didn't have that going into year one. Now he has a lot of these same guys back because like he's saying, it's what people you have there too. It's one thing to have continuity with your offensive coordinator, but if there's 10 new players on your offense, that doesn't help you very much. The Chargers are returning almost all of their starters on the offensive side. And now they get to work with that going into year two of Joe Lombardi's scheme. Well, there's so much less teaching that's going on out there. I mean, you're bringing bringing back pretty <laughs> much every single member on on your offensive line. Your 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 receiver room is pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, you got a new new tight end and, and a new running back. You know, with Gerald Everett and Isaiah Spiller. But I mean, these so much less people that have to completely learn every single thing that's going into this offense everyone knows it now and so that's you know just such a leg up for them and it's going to be even better in, in this you know second year of the offense I mean I just can't wait to see it. it's going to be very very explosive yeah I mean you have to hope so right it should be more explosive and I think that's maybe some of the missed opportunities that he's hopefully seeing on tape as he goes back and watches that 2021 offense and saying, okay, hey, this is how we break out next year. This is how we hit on this big play. This is what went wrong when we tried to run it last year. This is what we're going to do differently in 2022. And now he has all of that at his disposal. And he also has most of his entire offensive coaching staff back. That is going to be a huge part of that, right? And one thing he was asked, and it was a great question, is is it easier to recruit coaches that you lose to Los Angeles because you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback? And he said, I think so. He laughed. I don't think Southern California hurts. But I don't think that the quarterback hurts. It couldn't work out any better. You lose Frank Smith, but the way it worked out was perfect. And that part is true. And we'll talk about Brendan Nugent and how that process has been, at least, you know, losing Frank Smith, who was a really good coach, and now going to Brendan Nugent. But I don't even think it's just the coaches. Like, yeah, I mean, if you lose Shane Day to be an offensive coordinator next year, I mean, how long is the line to be that dude's quarterback coach? Yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) Out, uh, out the door, the around the corner. I mean, yeah, there's going to be so many people want. I mean, who wouldn't want to come play in L.A. with this stacked of a team with a, a, a quarterback that's still on his rookie deal? I mean, hello, the Chargers are in prime position to do damage and continue to do damage for several years. Absolutely. I mean, it's just the way you Im- 
move up in the NFL, right? It's so offensive minded that like the best place to be to be a head coach is an offensive coordinator. The best way to move up to an offensive coordinator is to be a quarterback's coach, right? So that's why it's like at some point they'll have to face these tests and and they'll have to lose guys like Frank Smith and be able to replace them with guys like Brendan Nugent. But the nice thing is, is you should have the cream of the crop. Like you should have people willing to leave their team, right? As they, Brendan Nugent did to come to the Chargers. But it's not just that David, because I think it's also the players, right? Because I think it's not just that like defensive players look at Justin Herbert and say like, I want to play with that dude. I'm going to catch and touchdown passes and they'll put me in a tight end. No, but what they see is, Hey, that dude gives me a chance. Right. Because all these guys have a shelf life. Right. And they're trying to maximize their playing career. When you see that dude taking snaps from Corey Lindsley, that's all you need. Like sign them up right there because you're giving them that chance. And then you see guys like a Bryce Callahan and a Kyle Van Noy come in on the cheap. And you see guys be willing to buy in on the vision of Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco with Justin Herbert leading that vision. I don't think if you have don't have Justin Herbert. The movie looks completely different, but it did help them get Brendan Nugent, though, and that is a huge get by the Chargers because that was a huge improvement. Even with the injuries the Chargers had last year, the offensive line got so much better, and I mean, it made Justin Herbert's life so much better as well. So we'll talk about Brendan Nugent and talk about what the offensive line situation is with the right tackle situation and also talk about new rookie 17th overall pick Zion Johnson and what Joe Lombardi had to say about him coming up after this, but I know that the offensive line makes Justin Herbert very happy, but who you should be trying to make happy is your mother or your significant other, and you can do that at BlueNile.com, the only place to go for all of your jewelry needs, the number one online seller that you're going to find. BlueNile.com is where you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at the prices that you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her, with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams or celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Chargers listeners get $50 off of purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings, so use the promo code Locked On. that's promo code Locked On, and every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free. Shop as stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com. All right, David, well, it's time to get back into what Joe Lombardi had to say. And he's kind of a dry guy, I think, for the most part. But, I mean, you do see him crack every (laughs) once in a while. You know, the Justin Herbert coaching thing definitely was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's very nice to have one of the best young quarterbacks in the entire NFL when you're trying not to bring in coaches. Him, yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> and, I mean, I think the other thing is, too, is it would take a really good situation, I think, for a lot of the Chargers coaches to want to leave because if you're leaving oh, yeah. the side of that dude, that's the dude that's going to get you paid. That's the dude that's going that's to the maybe line you baby. up. You're well, going I mean, space. You're, when you're, you're with Justin on. Herbert, you don't want to leave Justin Herbert to go to, like, Zach Wilson, right, Or for right. example. Like, no yeah. slander. It's just, like, you want to make sure you're getting the right one because the next guy you're next to isn't going to be Justin Herbert and you won't have the same chance to potentially keep moving up. But one of the big moves that the Chargers made, maybe a little bit of an underrated move and maybe a bigger question mark than maybe we're thinking it is, is the Chargers losing Frank Smith to be the offensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins and then bringing in Brendan Nugent. So that is something where both of these guys had ties with Joe Lombardi. With Frank Smith, his ties went back a little further with Joe, but at the same time, they weren't together as recently 
as him and Brendan Nugent were because both of them spent time with the Saints. But Frank Smith, a few seasons before he came to the Chargers, was with the Raiders coaching their tight end group. Now he gets a guy that he has spent a lot of time with, and actually he thinks it might be an even smoother transition than what happened with Frank Smith. This is what he had to say. It's been smooth. I feel very fortunate that he was available. Former coach Frank Smith did such a good job. When we found out he was leaving, it was a blow. But then knowing that Brendan was available and the coaching change in New Orleans or after the coaching change, it was fantastic. It's been very smooth in some ways because of Nugent and myself. We had a lot more recent history. It's almost been smoother than it was with Frank. That's great news, Dave, because obviously the Chargers offensive line has gotten much better. Hopefully this offseason is still a question at right tackle and we'll get into that. But with how much better chemistry wise that they were last season, like you're just hoping that you don't lose that with Brendan Nugent. Which seems like you're not going to. I mean, it just seems like Brendan Nugent's a guy who already understands that New Orleans Saints offense because he was there. I mean, he was coaching there for a, a long, long time. And so that relationship is already established between him and Joe Lombardi. And it seems like, you know, they're, you know, picking up right where they left off. I mean, hey, let's be honest, guys. We're all human. We all love what's comfortable, what's familiar. And Brendan Nugent is something that is comfortable and familiar to Joe Lombardi. It definitely is. I mean, they come from the same spot. And I mean, as much as that might not help as far as like developing guys, like they come from the same system, right? So they all learned the same way to develop some of these guys and worked with different coaches that, you know, probably preach similar things. But the one thing that would worry me is just how far we saw Trey Pipkins come last yeah, year. You know what I mean? Lot, like yeah. the where he was in, in preseason to where he was when he had two spot starts in the middle of the season with the Chargers pushing for a playoff spot. And Different players. Old giant games for the Chargers. He came so far. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like you don't want to lose that. You want to be able to hope that this guy can continue that development. Obviously, they didn't want to put Brendan Hymas on the field, so we don't know how that development went. But – with Trey Pipkins, I mean, it was pretty clear how much better that dude got. And we just don't know that from Brendan Nugent. And like with a couple other things from coaching, like development is something you don't see necessarily in half a season or one season, right? So we're going to have to wait a little bit to see how he can keep developing this offensive line because it's not just like last year where you had just enough guys to feel pretty good about your starting five. There's a lot of young guys now on this roster that are going to have to get coached up and, and turn into starters down the road for this team hopefully or at least turn into good enough players to where if they're needed in a pinch they can come out and not have a Senio Calamete situation because that's always what it is with the offensive line is avoiding all Senio Calamete situations but at all he, costs yeah he did talk about the Trey Pipkins right and he I want to see if we can kind of read between the lines here on this one so he said about the right tackle competition, we feel pretty positive about it. The great thing about that position, it's probably a position where people can improve more year to year than maybe some other spots. I thought that was interesting. I mean, you don't see usually guys taking huge leaps at any position, but tackle seems like a pretty incredibly hard position. Yeah. He also said there's so much technique involved in understanding of where your help is. That can definitely get a lot better. You set patterns. Seeing how Trey Pipkins went in last year and how he had to play, he played pretty well for us. So we feel that we're going in to be a very improved at that position coming out of training camp, whether it's Storm Norton making improvements or whether Trey shows he's that guy, we think we'll be a lot better at right tackle than what we had last season. What do you what do you take from that if you're trying to read between the lines? Yeah, I mean, it kind of at first when you when you you know listen to the first part of it, it's like, okay, is he expecting Storm Norton to take a giant leap and you know, they're going to give him another opportunity to be the right tackle? It's like, hmm, I don't know if that's what I want to see. But then you hear him talk about Trey Pipkins, and you're like, man, we really liked what we saw at Trey Pipkins. I think we're going to let you know see you know if that 
you know, development will continue and that he can be the guy to be the right tackle. And hey, I mean, Trey Pipkins, the first couple of years in the league obviously wasn't great. But, you know, part of that is also owning your own development. Yeah, you have to have the coaches around you to try to, you know, get the best out of you. But, you know, you have to do everything in your power to be better, too. And it seems like he's taking the steps to do that, you know, working with, you know, Duke Mannyweather and all, all the great people out there trying to improve his game and get better. If we see, you know, that version of Trey Pipkins and that you know, spot start that we saw or those two spot starts this season, I mean, that would be fantastic. And you could really feel very good about almost every component of your offensive line. Well, and that's what the best case scenario is. The best yeah. case scenario isn't Matt Filer moving the right tackle. It's not. The best case scenario is that Trey Pipkins plays as well as he did last year on a consistent basis, and you can yeah. leave Matt Filer at left guard and keep that left side of the offensive line attacked. That's the best case scenario. That's what you're hoping for. But what I definitely read between the lines there is like, we expect to be much better. And the other thing you said in that is, we really liked what we saw from Trey Pipkins. I mean, when yeah. I read those two things, everything else kind of fades to black just because it's yeah. like, it seemed like he threw Storm Norton in there at the end because that is the competition, but it does right. seem like they're kind of thinking along those same lines. And this is just yet another comment in the long list of whether it's Celesco or Staley or now Joe Lombardi that seems to be pointing to Trey Pipkins, them hoping he's going to win that job. But I mean, of course, that's what you hope, but it's been three seasons now and we're going yeah. into year four of the Trey Pipkins experiment. Hopefully this is the year where it all clicks. But he also did talk about new guard Zion Johnson, the Chargers 17th overall pick. And there's only so much you can learn in OTAs. But this is what he said. Very positive. Everything we saw in film. Obviously in our team reps, it's a walkthrough. So we're not going full speed up front. He really has a mature attitude about him. He's very smart, locked in, intense. Everything you want in that position. He also said that you can fuel his strength in the individual drills. Because, yeah, you're not going full speed, but... You know, somebody picks you up off the ground. You can feel that strength whether you're wearing pads or not. Yeah. That was never an issue, I don't think, with Zion Johnson. Like I said, going into I mean, he's such a clean prospect. But it is nice because you are hearing that the mental side is checked in as well. Because, I mean, the thing – I didn't have any questions about Zion Johnson physically or mentally. But it's just kind of reaffirming those things. I don't know really what else he would say. But everything's coming according to plan. I mean, it would be much more worrisome if he's like, you know, he's a young guy. He's going to get there eventually. We're just working out the growing pains or something along those lines. Right. That's not the message that's getting sent there. And he's going to be an immediate starter. So maybe that plays into it, too. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to like what you hear, you know, from Zion Johnson. I like the the story, honestly, that Jordan Reed told us, you know, the other day about him learning center and, and staying after and, and staying after it until he felt comfortable. He knew how to do it. I mean, I think that just shows you the metal that shows you the type of person that Zion Johnson is. Whatever you ask him to do, he's going to dedicate every ounce of himself to being the best at whatever it is that you're asking him to do, whether that is switching to right guard in the NFL, he's going to attack it with, you know, 100% of himself. And, I mean, hey, when he does 100% of anything, you saw in college, the, the guy is absolutely dominant as a pass protector, as a run blocker. He's going to fit in and be working against, you know, working with Corey Lindsley um, right next to him, and he is going to be a fantastic addition to this offensive line that has a great mix of some young guys and some veterans. Absolutely, and he wasn't the only rookie he talked about. He also talked about new RB2 Isaiah Spiller and also got to open up really for one of the first times about Gerald Everett, his new yak threat at the tight end position and talked a little bit about Donald Parham as well. So we'll get into that coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is betonline.net. And right now, guys, we just wrapped up a crazy finals game before we got on to record this. That is absolutely nuts. If you're not getting in on that action, you're definitely missing out because BetOnline has the best bets that you guys could be looking for, not just basketball, 
NHL playoffs are going on right now. You got baseball in full swing. There's NFL futures you guys could look at. And I'll tell you one thing. If you look at the MVP page, at the top of that list is going to be a guy named Justin Herbert. But you can also try to pick where the Chargers are going to end up in the division. You can also do what the record you think the Chargers will have over under 10 is what I saw it out last. Or you can even play your favorite Vegas casino games. They do playoffs. They do esports. They do everything at Bet Online. So make sure you guys head to the website or use your mobile device to go check out the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David, well, I want to get into the rest of what Joe Lombardi had to say. And it's crazy, you know, we're getting all this out of a 10-minute press conference. But he talked about a lot. And he really talked about a lot of the things offensively that we've been talking about. So good job to the Chargers beat reporters for, you know, having all the good questions today. But I do have to ask you guys first, if you guys want to get your input on the show and on all of the Locked On Podcast Network shows, you guys can do that right now by going and doing a survey at LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. And you also enter into a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So make sure you guys go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey so you guys can check that out. Tell us what we're doing good. Tell us what we're doing bad. You can all do that. I know some hate us, some love us. You have a place right there where you can go tell them everything that you think. But getting back to Joe Lombardi, David, and what he was talking about on the offensive side of things here for the Chargers, one of the things he did say was – I think similar to what he had to say about Zion Johnson, about Isaiah Spiller, right? Because there's only so much you can do at OTAs. But when he was talking about Isaiah Spiller, he said that he's a bigger back, right? And that was one thing that I took away. I'm like, hmm, is that how they see him, right? Do they see him as the bigger back that's going to come in and get tough yards and things like that? They also He also said, yeah, he needs to kind of get in the weight room and, and do some things. I'm excited to see what he looks like after he gets in the NFL weight room and works on his body and stuff. I didn't take that as like an out of conditioning, you know, type of a, a way. But I think what I took that as, David, is you can already kind of feel how strong this dude is. And like they're trying to turn him into something which, you know, I think they're thinking is probably the perfect compliment to Austin Eckler. Which, I mean, I, I mean, from what I've seen, I, I certainly think he has all of the attributes to do so. I mean, a guy who is very physical, a guy who has very good vision, good contact balance, a guy that you know really bounces off of tackles. And, and you know, he did his work in the SEC where, you know, he is an NFL factory going up against guys that you are going to see uh, going up against him on Sundays. And so I think he's going to be a fantastic compliment to Austin Eckler, get him off his feet or even utilize him in more, you know, two back sets because Austin Eckler, as we all know, is a phenomenal pass catcher. So, you know, keeping him on the field while having Isaiah Spiller on the field as well, just, you know, opens up more opportunities and more possibilities for what your offense can be. So, I mean, I love it. I just hope that Isaiah Spiller comes in here, takes it seriously, and really understands the opportunity that is in front of him. I mean, he has the clearest path to a bunch of snaps going into this season, and I want to see him take that opportunity and make the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think if for someone like him, right, in between the tackles kind of runner that he is, like, yeah, you'll you'll really show what you can do once the pads come on. It's hard to, yeah. you know, show that you can break tackles when nobody's tackling anyone, right. right? But he did also, Joe Lombardi, that is, talk about one of my favorite offseason additions, and that is Gerald Everett, and specifically his ability to run after the catch. And this is what he said. The good thing about Gerald is, that we kind of have a look at him as a complete tight end. He's a good blocker. He's a good receiver. The thing that jumps out on tape, really, because he was a free agent the last two years, so we watched him with the Rams and then in Seattle, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's a weapon. That's an exciting thing to add. That element, he's a good receiver as well, blocker, receiver, running after the catch. There are a lot of things that we like. And what I love about that 
is to me, David, it seems like he's already tinkering. Like it seems yeah. like he's already in the lab drawing the up ways to use Gerald. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just it's an exciting thing to add. And not much was added to the Chargers offense. A lot was right. brought back to it. Yeah. Not a lot was added. But yeah, it does seem like, I mean, he's already scheming up some ways to use his new offensive weapon. And I mean, hey, why why not? I mean, when I watch Gerald Everett play, he's a guy that looks like he's running angry. Like he he is like he really wants to hurt you. I mean, it seems like that that's his men- mentality. That's what it looks like. You know, when he's out there on the football field, when he's got the ball in his hands and you're in front of him, well, he's trying to run through you and get through you and keep on going. And I love that on him personally. I mean, when you watch football, sometimes you just want to see those throwback smash mouth football players. And I think that's one of the reasons why he is such a good yak monster is because he has that mentality to run through people. He has some good shake and bake, got some good speed for a tight end, but I think it's just that tenacity that he brings to the offense. That is one of the elements that I love the most. Yeah. Cause I think when you think about yak, right? I mean, two ways to look at it yards after the catch and yards after contact, if you're looking at yards after contact, obviously that means more of a physical kind of feeling to it, right? You're running through people. I think when people think of yards after the catch, they're thinking of more finesse, right? And making guys miss and, and being able to burn people and, and destroy angles and, and get to the house, right? That kind of way. But with him, it's a little bit of both. Like he is a little bit smaller as a tight end. Yeah. I think that gives him more agility than maybe some of the other bigger blockier tight ends. And that obviously lets him have a little bit more of that wiggle, but it's combining that and his speed and his athleticism, which is above average at his position with the willingness to take somebody on for a first down, right? To get the hard yards that you need in crucial situations. I mean, there's a lot of crucial situations where, frankly, Jared Cook didn't come through last year, you know, and there's multiple reasons why that happened. It's not all on him, but you didn't necessarily see a dude who was trying to fight every person to get them onto the ground. Like, when <laughs> when you see Gerald Everett in the open field, it's like, it's going to be a fist fight. Like, we're oh, going to yeah. fight. Like, if <laughs> you can bring me down, maybe – but like I'm gonna fight you. You're to gonna try feel to it. it. Yeah, you're like, gonna you, feel it. It's not you, gonna. It's, I'm gonna take a piece of you. I, yeah, it's not gonna be fun. And <laughs> yeah. the, and the great words of a wise Dan Campbell, like he's gonna bite your kneecap on the way down, <laughs> like potentially. So you got to be careful. Like Gerald never fights dirty, but I did like that and what he had to say about him because he I, like that's who my like breakout feeling really I have yeah, for this season. Like it yes. just seems like that dude just needed the right situation. I mean. Oh, he's got a beautiful one here. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can say that again. Like, it would have been crazy to see him like with Matthew Safford last year, right? Like, yeah, if he had saved the Rams on a one-year deal and got you know majority of those snaps last year with them on their Super Bowl run, like, I, no way you're getting him two years, twelve million dollars to me. No. I mean, I just don't think that's in any realm of any possibility. But there's also another really exciting tight end in the Chargers tight end room, David, and that is Donna Parham. And the last time we saw him, obviously, was a gruesome injury. But he's back at OTAs. Joe Lombardi said his spirits are good. And that was kind of a weird comment to me. Like, obviously, yeah, it's great that his spirits are good. But, like, I hope, <laughs> you know, he's back out well, there. I, mean, like I just his... think it's a really serious injury. And it's like, you know, coming back from that where you sure. don't know if you're ever going to play the game of football again. You know, I think and that's it has to good, cross your mind when something right, like that you know, happens, for sure. Spirits being high after that, I think, is a great thing. And he said he's very optimistic about how he's going to come back. And, and that's just nice to see him out there. We don't know how, you know. We don't know if he's cleared physically. We don't know a lot of things about that. And then some of that stuff will have to play itself out. But what he said is he's made some big plays out there in seven on seven. He's a big target. Everything that you remember from last year, he looks confident. Everything is real positive. We're excited about the tight end room between Donald, Trey McKitty. Watching him improve last year 
then with the addition of Gerald, I think it's a real strong position for us because that is true too. Like Trey McKitty did come on strong towards the end of the year. And I yeah. just think that it's a different outlook on this position because if you look at real, I mean, you're losing Steven Anderson and Jared Cook. You're only bringing in Gerald Everett. So there's really only three guys. But I think for me, David, I feel a lot better about that trio of guys where I don't think the third, fourth tight end position is as important this year. Maybe doesn't even get a roster spot. Maybe they only keep three this year with some tough decisions that they'll have to make at some other positions. But Donald Parham specifically is the X factor because if oh, that yeah. dude figures it out, if the you know switch gets flipped by that dude, look out because he's six oh, eight, six nine, runs a four six forty. And yeah. I had said many times last year I thought he was the second best yak throw on the Chargers. Without a doubt. I mean, for a man of that size to have that kind of quickness and that kind of wiggle in the open field is very scary and it should be. And that's the thing with Donald Parham is we just we've seen it in spurts. We, you know, we've seen the crazy production with the limited amount of catches, you know, 10 catches, 20 catches. We haven't seen a full campaign from Donald Parham. And I think it's in there. I mean, the ability is there for sure. He is a matchup nightmare. Like, I mean, especially on third downs in the red zone. You just don't have defenders that that can cover a guy that's six foot eight with that wingspan, with that size. You just don't. I mean, they're not out there. They're not available. So I would love to just see him put it all together, really be utilized in those third down and those you know red zone opportunities where he should be a very, very big advantage for you for you in the offense. I'm trying to even think of Mike, if you're trying to find a six foot eight defender, right? It's like. <laughs> Clayus Campbell, right? Like you're gonna yeah. put Clayus Campbell the out there. Lyman, yeah. I think the other thing too is like with his ability and hopefully his ability progressing specifically in the end zone and on yeah. contested catches because it's never really been a huge strength of his game. I right. mean, he's a big target. Sure. But there's been a lot of balls bouncing off, you know, one hand and him trying to make miraculous catches and stuff sure. like that. But I do think that probably their hope in him developing in that area and being that large presence down there made them feel better about moving on from a better red zone target in Jared Cook than Gerald Everett is, right? Because if you're looking yeah. at, you know, where Jared Cook is better than Gerald Everett, the simple fact is he scores touchdowns. And yeah. Jared Cook gave away a couple touchdowns last year too, sure which did. is easy to forget. But that is the one place where historically, I mean, Gerald Everett hasn't scored a ton of touchdowns in his career. But when you have a six foot eight guy like Donald Parham as well to go along with your dude in Gerald Everett, who is maybe better suited for in between the twenties. That's a pretty good combination there. And I think that makes you, you know, cause it's like, you don't want to be throwing up goal line fades all the time to your tight ends. No. Anyways, you want to be a more innovative and get Justin Herbert on the move and let him, you know, be a bigger reason why you're scoring these touchdowns instead of just leaving it up to chance. You have Mike Williams, you have Donald Barham. So I think that pretty much erases all of the, you know, red zone presence or the lack thereof that you're missing in Jared cook. I think those guys can pretty easily pick up the slack, but Oh yeah. That is going to wrap things up for today's show. Happy Friday to everyone. Make sure you guys are keeping an eye out for that Chargers mega crossover, and we'll be posting it to all of our social media. So make sure you guys are following at Lockdown LAC on Twitter, following at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram, and also liking the Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. David said he's going to make us a TikTok soon and do dances on there, so we'll see about that. But you can also follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. I'll be also showing all the you know new crossover episode when that thing comes out. Shout out to Dan Wilkinson and Chargers Unleashed for putting that together. You can also find it on David's Twitter at DrotalkSD. We didn't get to some fan mail stuff this week, but we will definitely be getting into that next weekend going forward. And we are still three shows a week throughout June. 
We're going to try to keep it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but make sure you guys are back here next week because we are tracking down Chargers players as we speak and trying to get them on the show. And there's a good chance it happens. So make sure you guys are around for that because we have some big things coming up on the horizon. Make sure you guys are always subscribing to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel so you don't miss big-time interviews and also following the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys subscribe, follow, rate, and review if you like the show as well. But that's going to do it for us today. Three shows a week, but we will still be back with you guys on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.